Happy Friday morning to all of you out there. It's Pastor Paul here, March 31st, and the month of March has just evaporated um, before our very eyes. So here we are. We are on the last day of the week finishing up this passage from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Just a, a quick programming note. I sound like a radio announcer here. Uh, we will not be having pastoral devotionals next week. Next week is Holy Week, and we're going to be doing a number of things here at the home office at Four Oaks, getting ready for Good Friday, getting ready for Easter, all sorts of festivities. And we're not going to, to be in the Sermon on the Mount um, for Easter or Good Friday. I'm looking at other passages. So anyway, no, no uh, pastoral devotionals uh, next week, but we will resume, of course, the following week which I think is April 10th, does that sound about right? Whatever that, whatever that Monday is. So, but we're gonna wrap up Matthew 5, 13 through 16 today. So let me read the passage. And once again, um, let's revisit this issue of what it means when God's people are salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." So we've spent the last couple of days really unpacking uh, historically and contextually what is salt, what is light historically in that context, why were they important, and what function are they to, to serve in the life of the Christian. And just as a, as a kind of a bit of review or reminder, it's not an issue if you are salt or if you are light, okay? If you are a Christian, if you're part of the kingdom of God, you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are salt, you are light by definition. What Jesus's point here in this passage is, what kind of salt are you? What kind of light are you? Are you effective in your role as salt? Are you effective in your role as light? If you're not effective in your role as salt, just you're no better than to be scattered on the street to be trampled down by feet. If you're if you're not effective or useless in your or useful in your role as light, it's like sticking your 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 lamp, your light, your candle under a, a bucket or a basket or something. It doesn't serve any purpose. It's not useful. And so that's Jesus's point. And if we could say there, there are maybe a, one or two words that could go alongside of salt and light to, to kind of capture their essence, salt preserves, right? Salt flavors, but it, it primarily preserves, it enriches, it keeps something from decaying. Um, it, it's, it's holding up what is right and beautiful and good and true. Light, on the other hand, is um, is illuminating, it's revealing. It's not just keeping things from getting worse, it's actually helping things get better. It's not holding the darkness at bay, it's actually pushing into the darkness. It's 
shining the light, revealing what's there, um, dispelling the, the murkiness and the darkness. And so, and we said in the same way, believers are salt, believers are light. Now, what I want to address today in these last few little minutes here is what is the fundamental difference between those two? Because let's be honest, doing good works, being salt, preserving, holding up what is good, shining your light, there seems to be a lot of overlap there. And, and of course, absolutely there is. But I want to show you, I think, something from the passage which offers the fundamental distinction between being merely salt to just being to being both salt and light. Okay, so look down there at verse 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Okay, so if we stopped there, we might could say, well, that's kind of what salt does, right? It preserves before others. It preserves in relationships. But, but, but light goes a step further. Look at verse 16. So that, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, there, there, there seems to be an element here where shining your light um, does more than simply preserve something. It actually reveals something, points to something, shows something. And that something here is the glory of God, is the glory of the Father. Now, let, let me tell you what I think Jesus is getting at and what Matthew is getting at here as well. If, if we go back to Matthew chapter 4, flip over there just for a second, um, in verse 12, I want you to listen to the first time we hear about light in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, when he had heard that John had been arrested, he, meaning Jesus, withdrew into Galilee. In leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what, might, what, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. For those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So what is the light, in essence, that Isaiah prophesies that Matthew quotes here? Well, of course, the light is Jesus himself. That's the reason we can be light, is because our identity is built and derived from him. And so here, Jesus is saying, you're going to let your light shine in such a way, okay, that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well, how does that happen? How does, how does someone go from, hey, you're a really nice person, you're really merciful, um, you don't retaliate, you're kind, you're a peacemaker. Those are all salt-like functions, right? Those all preserve and keep a, a culture or a relationship or a situation from deteriorating. But how do we go from that to saying, and this is pointing me to Jesus, or this is showing me Jesus, or this is bringing honor and glory to Jesus? And, and of course, the answer is, is that we're telling them, okay? I don't think this is super complicated. What this means is that the difference in salt and the difference in light is the measure by which we are holding up 
Jesus as the reason for doing what we're doing, okay? This doesn't happen in every interaction, in every time and place and circumstance. Sometimes we're kind to be kind and merciful to be merciful, and God says we're salt in that as representatives of his kingdom. But there's other times God calls us in a more public way, in a more clear way, to, to communicate why we are doing what we are doing. In other words, we're inviting people into our homes and we're being hospitable and we're serving them, we're mowing their lawn, we're being generous with them, that's being salt. But being light means telling them why we're doing it. It means saying, you know, we are, we're doing this because we love Jesus and Jesus has been kind and merciful and gracious to us and we want to be kind and merciful and gracious to you. That is giving people a context to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Now, I would venture to say for most of us, um, we're much more comfortable, particularly culturally, okay, um, to be salt than we are to be light. Now, in other cultures, it's been different, right? It's been easier maybe to talk about Jesus, easier to talk about spiritual things than it is to live them. But here, salt and light actually communicates the importance of both word and deed, okay? They, they, they go together. And so when we are serving others, helping others, um, we are involved in safe families, we're involved in mission work, we're involved in local outreach or the homeless or whatever it happens to be, we're being salt by doing those things. But we're light when we're communicating why we're doing them, when we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about what he's done and we're talking about you know our relationship with him and why that's sort of the bedrock and the foundation of everything else that we're doing. Rejoice and be I'm sorry uh, uh, wrong verse 16 in the same way let your light shine before others so that or for the purpose of that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So this is an always a, a challenge for us, particularly in a pluralistic culture, a culture that's increasingly intolerant, right, against Christian virtue and belief, to say, you know what, um, I don't want to be the salt that's scattered on the side of the road. I don't want to be the lamp that's hidden under a um, a, a bush. I, I want to. I want. I want my my actions to be flavorful, to be preserving but also explicitly Christian honoring and glorifying to God. All right, that wraps it up for this week. We will, again, we'll be back, and I think I've got the dates right now, April 10th, Monday, back in Matthew. Until then, have a great Holy Week. Hope to see you at one of our services. Let me pray. Lord, again, thank you for our time in your word this week. Lord, we want to be salt. We want to be light. We, we are salt. We are light but we want to be effective salt, effective light for your glory. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.